Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, I'm going to tell you a personal story, something that just happened to me just recently that I think you guys will be excited about. I know I am. It is going to be completely spoiler-free, but oh so much fun to tell you about. But first, as always, I have to let rum jump up in my lap. Come here. Hi, sweetheart. Hello. Welcome to the show. All righty. I got I to gotta continue the show. I love you, too. I gotta, well, I love you too. I gotta continue the show though. Can, can I? All right, thank you. Okay, we've got a shout out. Now this time I wanna make sure that I only do shout outs. Yes, I am. I wanna do shout outs to the current patrons, unlike that last one, because I went just about hoarse by the time I finished it. Not that that's a complaint at all. I love the patrons. I especially love every one of these active patrons. And I wanna make sure I get all the shout outs to all of them. If you are a patron, you're an active patron and you don't hear your name, let me know because uh, Patreon is being a little weird with the way that the patron part of this works. And I wanna make sure that I'm shouting you out. If you're a patron, you deserve a shout out. That's right, we got shout outs going out to Lori. Lori, make sure you email me or hit me up on Patreon. Uh, paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. Either way, let me know your shirt size, and you can also recommend an episode. And I'll put it towards the top of the list of the episodes I have prepped and ready to go. Well, not ready to go, but prepped and uh, getting ready to go. We have shout-outs to Alec, Roger Funk. I got the funk. Talk about Roger Funk. Kimberly, Adam, Karen, Ethan, Dor... Duran, I almost screwed it up. Duran, I almost called you Dorian. Nikki Love James, Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Ann, Stephen Cher. Hey, howdy, hi. Jane Ann, Jennifer, Heather G, your friendly neighborhood skinwalker. Zuzus, what's it? Nico Cher and the mouse. Hey, howdy, hi as well. Mark and Tina, Tortuga, Mike from Jersey. Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy. Hey, howdy, hi. Virginia Mailman, Tony the Magician. Wait, is there a, can I make, a, is there a magic sound? Hold on. That's kind of magical. Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz, Tom. Hey, howdy, hi. I saw you just email me. I've had not had a chance to read it yet. Labita Works, Glacier Main, Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Kelly, Joe, Menace the Beast, Kick Ass Magic, Robot Webcomic. Sandy Page, Couch, Bentman, 666. Andrew, I saw you Facebook message me the other day. I've not had a chance to look at it. Don't worry, guys. I'm getting there. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Scott, Andrea, Melody, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Becca, Jake, Charlotte, and the Beasties. Jen, Elizabeth, Sherry, Art Muffin, Tim, Kenneth, Ricardo, Alexandra, George, Zozo the Demon, Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren, Russell, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Bob, Cindy, Paula, Jerry, Joe, Jeff T, Lawrence, the Lauren Strawn, hey, honey, hi, Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn, Jade, Nanashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Gamer Fan, Laura Pitts, and Dan. Mixing it up at the end there. 
with two special shout-outs. Actually, you know what? I want to do three special shout-outs for this episode. Special shout-outs, as always, to Joe Teague and a Stitch. Love you both. And a very, very special shout-out to the cast and crew of the TV show Ghost Girls. Why? You'll find out in a second. But first, we have to do paranormal news because since I took a couple weeks off, man, has there been a lot of paranormal news. So let's get right on into it. Paranormal news. Hey! The first story in paranormal news, the Pentagon reveals what the most commonly reported UFO looks like. What did the UFO look like? Well, the Pentagon has revealed shocking information about it. Except it's not shocking at all if you've even remotely paid attention to regular news for the past, like, I don't know, four years. It says, for over 75 years, popular culture has generally depicted UFOs as flying saucers radiating a bright halo of light. Nah, not really. Not since the 40s. But the the prevailing description of a UFO derived from reported sightings depicts it as a rounded object, typically uh, described as a spherical or orb-like, displaying a white or silver hue, frequently appearing translucent. Like the Tic Tacs. I, I'm adding that like the Tic Tacs part, but like the Tic Tacs. Hold on. Come on up, Rum. Hi, sweetheart. You're back. <laughs> I love you, too. I got to do I gotta do an episode. I love you, sweetheart. You swear that you haven't been laying next to me for like three hours while I was writing this. Uh, yeah, it's a Tic Tac video. Or Tic Tac UFO, not video. Tic Tac UAP, if you will. Um, those are the most common ones. These UFOs have a size between 3 and 13 feet, that's 1 to 4 meters, and often traverse the skies at altitudes just below those of commercial passenger planes. Additionally, the Pentagon has disclosed a heat map pinpointing locations of reported UFO sightings, which include areas such as Japan and the Middle East. According to Arrow, a dedicated UFO office under the Department of Defense, it discloses that most UFOs, 28%, have been sighted at altitudes around 20,000 feet, which is just below the cruising altitude of commercial airlines. All right, so that helps. So the next time you're on a commercial plane and you have a window seat or if there's no one sitting next to you and you can look out the window, don't look straight out on the horizon looking for UFOs. Look slightly down. All of them are just slightly below us and we're all just like looking out like, oh, where's the UFO? Look down just a little bit, just a little bit down. If you take anything away from the episode, I hope it's not that because that's a, that's a dumb thing to take away. But uh, all right, you know that. Tic Tacs, moving on. The next story in Paranormal News. I'm eager to watch this. I've not watched it yet. I was waiting for this episode. Watch the trailer for the new UFO conspiracy flick, Monsters of California, from Blink-182's Tom DeLonge. All right, I will watch it, and I want you to listen along. Inhale for three seconds. Exhale, sigh it out. (laughs) Uh, Come on, guys. Dad. Is it not a real movie? Whoa. Classified UFO research program. These are coordinates. I, I, Where right. exactly did all you right. dad? It's like the X Files kind of a thing. It's not a real thing. It's a. It's a. All right. I was really hoping for a documentary, because as you know, Tom DeLonge is working very hard to prove that UFOs are real. So I was really hoping for a documentary, not 
a fake movie that revolves around the myriad mysteries swirling amid the U current UAP hysteria. Okay, not scrap that. We're not doing that. We're moving forward. I got enough stuff to get to. Let's get to the next story in paranormal news. See, I can do that. It's my show. I can bump it ahead. Congressman shares very elusive NASA remarks from the UFO meeting. This is a good time to talk about that NASA uh, meeting about UAPs. I don't know if you guys watched it, but um, I don't know how the government can make talking about UFOs, the fact that UFOs are real, how they can make that so damn boring. That That's a skill in itself. You're telling us that UFOs are real, and you're saying it the most boring way possible. Well, NASA was saying they just don't know what the UAPs, UFOs, they don't know what they are. But there's no evidence to suggest that they're extraterrestrial. Kurt here, there's also no evidence to suggest they're not. You don't know what they are. So there's a lot of people that latched on to NASA said that UFOs aren't extraterrestrial. No, that's not what they said, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you dickhole. What they said was, they don't know what they are. They aren't trained to look for UFOs. They haven't been looking for UFOs. So they they don't know what they are. There's no evidence to suggest they're extraterrestrial, and there's no evidence to suggest they are not. So everybody take it down a notch. NASA, that was kind of a kind of a wash. They just don't know. They want to do more. They want to do more. And I like this. They did say that, like, hey, we want to do more evidence. We'll or look for more. Um, it, we want to investigate more. We want to find the evidence. And when we do, we want to be open with the evidence. So that's something that does need to be said by as many government agencies as possible, because hopefully one of them are telling the truth and will actually get this real evidence, not. We promise we'll give you the evidence. Okay, government, um, everybody knows you've lied to us one too many billion times, so how about no? Alrighty, but this congressman shares very elusive NASA remarks from UFO meeting. On their 56 page. Oh, ma'am, great seeing you. Thanks for what you do for us. Thank you. Um, I'm briefed on their um, um, report on UFO, UAP, whatever. It's 56 pages. It doesn't say a whole lot to me. It's this is uh, Tim Burchett, by the way. Towards um, us getting funding. But one thing came out, my colleague Gary Palmer asked um, about classified stuff at NASA. And they said, we don't have anything classified. And like, what? You don't have anything classified? I mean, satellite imagery of something. And they, uh, it's very elusive. And so what I think they've done is they sent these two folks in here like the Pentagon did, and have very little knowledge of the issue. And so they can say, they can hold up their hand before Congress and swear that they know nothing about the issue yeah, and it yeah, doesn't yeah. exist. All right, All right. that's kind of what I figured it was going to be. And I kind of agree with them, sadly. Um, they find the correct people to bring out before them that don't have the clearance levels, just like the House Committee. When they said, blatantly, flat out said, repeatedly, we don't have the clearance levels to look at the documents that you submitted. Well, they did kind of the same thing here. You get someone that doesn't have the, the clearance levels, then yeah, they don't know about these things. They, ha they don't have anything classified because they don't have access to it. And that's very important. It's getting the correct people in the departments to talk about this stuff. Find out what the classified information is 
and get it out there. And speaking of the classified information, the Freedom of Information Act has been very choosy with the information it actually releases because it has to be very specific. Your requests have to be very specific. So if you ask about UFOs that happened in 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, they're going to say, oh, we don't have anything about UFOs because they changed it to UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Then if you go, oh, okay, well, I want to know everything I can about UAP. They're going to say, well, you have to tell us what that stands for. You have to be very specific. Oh, I want to know everything about unidentified aerial phenomena. And they'll be like, oh, we've already released everything. Because they have since changed UAP to unidentified anomalous phenomena. They said they did it because there's a lot of stuff that goes underwater. So it's not just stuff in the sky. It's not just aerial. They really did it because now you have to be that specific. Are you asking for unidentified aerial phenomena or are you asking for unidentified anomalous phenomena? Every time they change what these letters mean, what they're calling UFOs, it makes it that much more difficult for us to get everything from the Freedom of Information Act. It's really smart, but it's also, it's just a dick move. I was gonna say, but it's also really stupid. No, it's also just a dick move. So yeah, I agree that um, NASA didn't have the best people representing them to get us the correct information. I don't believe that NASA has no top secret info on UFOs, UAPs, or UAPs. Because there's a billion things. You go up online on, on YouTube, and obviously there's a lot of it is bullshit, but there are some that are very intriguing NASA feeds that as soon as something seems to spot, you know, like take off from Earth or go into the atmosphere at Earth, they cut the feed. And NASA's been known to do this repeatedly. Now, a lot of conspiracy theorists say that's, you know, yeah, they anytime NASA sees a UFO, they just cut the feed or they move the camera. They pan the camera to the left or right. It's not every time. And a lot of this stuff can be debunked. But if you get rid of, just like everything else with Paranormal Almanac, if you get rid of that 98% that can be debunked, there's still 2% that can't be debunked. And that's the stuff I'm interested in whether it be in paranormal investigations or UFO investigations. So, yeah, I, I don't think everybody is going to be as transparent as they say they are. But again, it's getting us one step closer in the right, right direction to disclosure, something I've been talking about for a while that seems to be happening. Already up next in paranormal news, I'm not going to read these stories because they're dumb. I'm talking about those dumb fucking Mexico aliens. You've all seen the news stories. They got this little wrinkled gray, looks like E.T. when he was sick, but 10 times worse, tiny aliens. And everybody's like, oh, my God, aliens are real. Okay, that guy has tried four times. He presents a fake alien and go, look, we found aliens in this archaeological site. And then they debunk him, and he goes, oh, okay. And then he waits a couple of years, and he comes back, and he goes, look, I found aliens. Everybody's like, oh, my God, again. And then they debunk him and he goes, oh, okay. And he goes away. Well, this one, this one from what, last week, week before? These are the same damn aliens that he brought up in 2018 that was debunked immediately for clay, for chicken bones, for a llama skull. It's It was already debunked. And he went, oh, okay, I'll go away. And then he just held on to him for a few years and then went, how about now? Look, look, look what I found. And now everybody's freaking out again. 
thankfully, they look so shitty that 99% of the people are like, yeah, that's dumb. That's, that, that doesn't look real. You're an idiot. And I don't care that a private Mexico lab is saying, oh, no, no, these things are real. One of them's still alive, and it's got eggs in them. And the other one, it's like, I don't know, what, how, 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 long, how old do you want me to say it? 5,000 years old? 5,000 years old. It's crazy. I don't know why Mexican uh, professors at this lab have that accent, but that's the accent I chose for it. So that was my little bit and scene. No, like, put it out there. You want to find out if these things are real? Cool. Break off a pinky, start slicing up little sections of that pinky, and send them out to all real credited labs. If all the real credited labs come back with, holy shit, these are real, and they're 5,000 years old, and they're an alien, and I think it's still alive, and we just cut off its pinky, and it's got eggs inside it. Well, if that happens, then yeah, I'll, I'll apologize. I'll say, you were right, I was wrong, and I'll wear a shirt that says, uh, I believe in those stupid fucking aliens now. There you go. That's my... That's my, uh, uh, I don't know, not my motto. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm throwing out there. If I'm wrong, I will admit I'm wrong. But I'm not wrong because those are dumb. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. Seriously, those aliens are dumb. Um, this next one is a video, so I'm going to play it as well. Nope, hold on. I do not want to play this commercial because they aren't giving me any money. Uh, thank you to everybody, by the way, while this is loading. Thank you to everybody, by the way, that's uh, been listening to Paranormal Almanac. You've made Paranormal Almanac number 82 of all podcasts. That's incredible. Thank you so, so much. Please share, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. Um, do whatever you can to get this show out there because it really, really does help. And it does allow me to make more episodes. So if you really like the show and you want me to make more episodes, that's how you do it. If you really hate this show and you don't like me to want to do any more episodes, still do all that stuff I just said, and then you can just email me, and I promise you, you know, maybe I'll stop. And moving on now to what has become the most confusing story in the news these days, and here's why. Because as compelling as this video I'm about to show you is, we just do not have straight answers on what we're seeing. Of course, we're talking UFOs again, or unidentified anomalous phenomenon, as See? the government calls it. And we just came across a very odd, very under the radar release of some videos and documents that I've been trying to get for years. Now, with no Why? explanation, all this of a sudden, Customs and stuff. Border Patrol has released 10 videos from what looks like forward-looking infrared cameras from different incidents and an odd 380-some pages of reports, news clippings, and emails about people at CBP talking about UAPs. Uh, but Pause right there. Yes, there is a thing called the Pentagon's UAP Task Force, the Be the Begin Sadet Center for, Strate for Strategic Studies. It is very long and very long-winded. I'm trying to find either an abridged version or I'm just going to slowly go through and read this whole thing. But I don't know why he's saying, like, this one's, you know, I've been trying for years to get this. No, you haven't. This one just came out, and most of these are from 2022 and 2023. These are new incidents at Borders. All right, let me play it again. There is a lot redacted, so it's hard to understand exactly what's going on. And some of it has to do with agents saying they've seen stuff and being scared of the whole stigma that comes with talking about UAPs. But the videos, the videos paint a more black and white picture. And at least one of them, this one immediately caught my eye because it's the same video I saw leaked years ago that it's I filed a video. freedom of information request to get my hands on. Never heard back. 
But among the UFO community, it is very well known. It's called the Aguadilla video. And again, there's no context released from the CBP. So I just want to show it to you so you can be left with the same questions I've been trying to get answered. Uh, what we're seeing here is allegedly from Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. And back in 2013, a CBP aircraft spots this thing that you're seeing right there in the middle of your screen. This was already released to the press. The airport tracks again. it for several minutes. Uh, they're trying to figure out what it is. They just don't know. They don't have an exact size, but they think it's smaller than a plane. And they follow it uh, as you see it there going over some trees, going over a road, going over some fields. It's heading towards the ocean. Now, we're going to fast forward just a bit towards the ocean because that is when things get weird. Here you see it dip down into the ocean, it doesn't does. seem it to lose any speed, right into the ocean. it continues on, then it maybe it looks like, I don't know, it splits it into out. two or something, no, or maybe something split. joins it before it, it comes it, out it, of they, the they try to track it, disappears, uh, just gets lost in the water, and then they, they lose sight of it. And again, we haven't heard an official comment on what this is from CBP. There have been theories that this is everything. Okay, uh, that's enough for that video. But it, again, this just shows you, this is from Canada. This just shows you that around the world, people are talking about this. The Customs and Border Protection are talking about this. They're sending in videos. Those videos are either getting highly, highly classified or released like this one was right away with, hey, we have no explanation of what we just saw. But he described it fairly well. That thing went right into the ocean like a freaking rocket, went right into the ocean, didn't splash, didn't make a big crash, none of that. It just went whoop right under the water and then came to the surface and then right under the water again. These are things that we do not have the technology to do. And it may, it, it still shocks me that even after all of these videos and the government, the American government coming out and saying, yeah, UFOs are real, we have aliens, that people are still like, mm, I don't know, maybe. That shit drives me crazy. Alrighty, up next in Paranormal News, let's get off of UFOs for a little bit and let's talk about Kevin Bacon. That's right, the Kevin Bacon. He revealed he agreed to destroy a haunted building on his property. The actor had to remove a ghost-infested house from his Connecticut farmland he shared during an appearance on Literally with Rob Lowe. Look, I would love to get Rob Lowe on this show because he's into UFOs and Bigfoot and everything. So, Rob Lowe, if you're listening, love to have you on there. Kevin Bacon, if you're listening... I would love to have you on this show for anything you want to do. You just want to sing like a John Prine song together? Let's do it, man. Let's have some fun. You want to talk about ghosts? Let's talk about ghosts. UFOs? I'm right there with you. Whatever you want to talk about. But Kevin Bacon's farm came with a spooky stipulation. The Footloose, the Footloose Star 65 shared the funny story. I don't know why funny is in quotes. It was a funny story of how he acquired part of his Connecticut farmland on Literally with Rob Lowe and spared none of the haunted details. He bought the farm, which he called a little kind of ramshackle turn-of-the-century farmhouse in 1983 after a search with his then-girlfriend that started as, quote, a goof. Over the years, the actor, as a self-proclaimed city kid, uh, developed a love for horses. Um, I don't know why you put that in quotes, because that makes it seem like he loves horses. That's not what he does. He just he just loves horses, like, like normal people. He says, I'll tell you a funny story. The guy that sold me the house, he lived across the road. One of the pieces of land that we had bought had an old house in it and didn't want me to and he didn't want me to own the house. It was an abandoned house that he had grown up in. And we kind of went back and forth on it for a while and then eventually I said, "Listen, you can't sell me a piece of land but not sell me the house that's on it." He said, "I can't sell you it because it's haunted. I'm afraid and I'm afraid you'll get possessed and, you know, do some serious damage." So that he said that he and the owner went back and forth on this haunted building for a while before they worked things out. 
He finally came to an agreement in the contract that I had to destroy it within, I don't know, a month or something like that, he told Lowe. And he said, not only did I not do that, but I went up there and there were some beautiful old pine boards and a banister and I said to my wife, we got to take those out. She's like, no, you're not. You're not putting those fucking things in our house. Um, let's see, he asked about the origin of the ghouls. He said it was a really long story that had to do with Native Americans who in the 1700s had been murdered, I think by a colonial soldier. He said that the uh, owner even had Ghostbusters there. It was a whole long thing. Um, let's see, let me continue on. I wish I had kept that house up because that would have been a great episode, Celebrity Haunted House. And Lowe responded, I would have been there in a minute. Me too. I want to go ghost hunting with Rob Lowe. How about that? Let's just do that. Rob Lowe, you want to go ghost hunting with me? Because, you know, you've done it on TV, and I've done it for TV. What's that? Oh, no, wait. i got to continue with paranormal news. Can't jump to that yet. This next one says, probably haunted funeral home listed for sale as a three-bedroom house with rooms, quote, gutted and waiting. That's right. If you guys want to own a nearly two-century-old funeral home, it's on the market in Massachusetts with a for-sale sign outside the property reading... Probably haunted. The Turgeon Funeral Home, erected in 1850, rests on a plot at 56 Main Street in the small town of Millbury. I would love to live in this place. It looks beautiful. According to the listing posted Wednesday, the property listed says uh, is for $769,000 in Worcester County within Blackstone Valley, about six miles southeast of Worcester. According to the listing, it's uh, 5,188 square feet, three bedrooms, one full bath, two half baths on a 0.74 acre lot originally built in 1850 as a single family home and owned by the same family since the 1940s this stunning property has served as a funeral home since 1948 its stately appearance large rooms three car garage ideal location and more offers nearly endless possibilities for an investor or an entrepreneur and it's probably haunted all right i want it definitely haunted if i'm buying a haunted house definitely haunted and speaking of definitely haunted this next one is really interesting i'm not getting paid to promote this i'm promoting this because i think it's flipping awesome you know waverly waverly hills sanitarium well now you can do a waverly hills private investigation for eight hours not a guided event you don't have to follow some idiot who doesn't really know anything about ghosts that's just reading from cue cards that they gave him no no this event is geared towards the experienced investigator or guest that would rather discover Waverly on their own. Oops, that's the wrong one. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, hold on. I gotta get the right sound effect in here because yes, please, and thank you. Waverly Hills Historical Society. If you're listening to this or if someone sends them something, please, if you're a fan of this show, tell Waverly Hills that you want Paranormal Almanac to do an investigation there. And I will do a live episode, a patron-only part of the live episode. I'll have cameras set up. I've got the gear. I'll talk about that later on this episode. I want to do an investigation at Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Now, this one is for anybody about this event. Arrive on the property 30 minutes before your scheduled investigation time. You'll have access to a staff member all night that will provide you the option of a pre-tour of the building... Feel free to bring your own equipment. No weapons allowed on the property. Drugs and alcohol not permitted. We reserve the right to refuse admission or cancel, blah, blah, blah. Minimum age requirements. If you want to add more than 10 total guests, including yourself, to this investigation, purchase this ticket and then call the office to discuss details. So 
one of the fans said, I think this is for 10, up to 10 people. And if it's $1,100 for up to 10 people, how cool would that be for parent paramaniacs everywhere? Everybody, I'll pick a date. We all fly to Waverly Hills and we do an investigation together. That is also on the cards as a very, very cool thing. Promote the hell out of Waverly Hills and this event. You can go to eventbrite.com, search for Waverly Hills Private Investigations 8-Hour Tickets. What a great deal. Absolutely incredible. Like I said, I'm not getting paid to, to talk about it. That's just how cool it is. All righty, one last thing in paranormal news, and then we're going to get into this episode. This is a dash cam footage that I've been wanting to watch. Dash cam footage from Canadian cops UFO sighting surfaces online. Now, apparently this is leaked video, but allegedly shows UFOs from police dash cam in Manitoba. And I really want to watch it. Uh-oh, there's no sound. All right, I'm just telling you what I see. It's uh, definitely a dash cam from a car. There's a little white light that seems to be traveling over a parking lot to the right. Um, from 424, maybe 2011, at 3.06 a.m. So far, I'm not impressed. Uh, the cop car starts moving forward. Still not impressed. They move the camera to really pinpoint the white dot, and then they've lost it as far as I can see. I, all right, now they got it back on camera. So far, it's just a very slow-moving white ball that's just too far away to make any discernible information, and the video is over. Yeah, it is an unidentified flying object. I can't deny you that. I don't know what it was. They said this case was apparently intriguing enough that it wound up being sent to NORAD as well as Canada's Federal Transportation Department. All right, it's cool, I guess. It's kind of boring. It's not as... It's not a wow UFO, I'll tell you that. But I will also tell you, it's time for a break. We'll be right back. We are back. And on this edition, I want to tell you about a completely spoiler-free. You are not getting any spoilers out of me because I really want you to see it as it was intended but an experience that I was lucky enough to be part of recently. The first thing you need to do, or first thing you need to know about, if you're in America, you can go to Tubi, T-U-B-I. It's like an app, like a bunch of these TV show apps, like um, like Plex and, uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on Pluto TV, like one of those kind of things. Go to Tubi, T-U-B-I, search for a show, a TV show called Ghost Girls. You're going to see four girls. They're all standing there. They're all lovely, beautiful people. Um, I want to describe. I want to describe what they are wearing, so you know you're on the right thing. All right, let me go to it real quick. All right, it'll say Ghost Girls on the bottom in very cool graphic. You're going to see four girls: a brunette, a blonde, a blonde, and a brunette. Um, that's what you call women with black hair, right? Brunettes? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Four women, very cool, very awesome women. They're standing in front of like, kind of like in a hallway kind of thing in front of the door and watch this episode. The reason I'm telling you to watch this episode is because this was a pilot episode for this amazing show called Ghost Girls. 
that um, I actually had Ashley Traub. She was a guest on this show back in the day. You can go back and listen to that episode. Ashley is fantastic. She's a friend of mine. I love her to death. Uh, she used to be on Ghost Hunters. She knows what she's doing. And she's on this pilot episode for this TV show. Well, you know, the pandemic happened and all that fun stuff. So it took a little while, but the Ghost Girls are back. That's right. The Ghost Girls are back. They filmed episodes two and three. And, um, well, Ashley hit me up and said, hey, we're doing an episode of Ghost Girls and we're doing it at Mentryville. Didn't you do an investigation at Mentryville? And I said, oh, yes, I did. And I told her all about the amazing Parapod Festival investigation I did at Mentryville where a couple of Paramaniacs came by, a few Paramaniacs came by, and we had some amazing paranormal contact, if you will, at the schoolhouse, and I had a personal experience at the actual main house itself. And it was a wonderful time. It was fantastic. It was some really compelling experiences and um, data that I just can't explain away. And I I told Ashley, I'm like, I can't explain. This is what happened. It's why I love this place. And she said, how would you like to be our guest on this episode? And I said, I would love it. Sign me up. Sold. 100% yes. And so we did a Zoom meetup um, with the uh, the crew and the cast, the director, the producers, everybody. And they were also doing an episode at another location, which if you follow Ghost Girls on any social media, you can find it. But I'm going to leave that part spoiler free because I, I want things to be a surprise, uh, if you want it to be a surprise. And... Um, the first thing that happened was another friend of mine popped up in this Zoom chat. And I was like, oh, my God, Tammy, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And Tammy, I was very happy to see her. And we had just an incredible conversation. And I realized that immediately these are the kind of people that I want to work for. And I'm not saying that. I'm not kissing up. I'm not just, like, blowing smoke up their ass. These people were fun, were professional, were in it for the paranormal investigation, not to fake it. These people seemed like the kind of people that I would love to do a TV show with anyway, and here they are asking me to do a TV show with them. So it was phenomenal. We had a great first meeting, and I said, man, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see it. And then they said, hey, well, you know, while, you're, we're, while we're in town, we're also doing a screening of this movie that we made called The Hunt for the Hag. Not a real movie at all. It's, it's like a fun movie. It's like a horror movie. Um, so... I was like, yeah, I want to go see it. I want to I want to know who I'm getting involved with. And it was a fantastic fun ride. Hunt for the Hag. I don't know when or where it'll be out, but if you find it, watch it. It's not going where you think it's going and you're going to love it. But um so again, two for two, I was like, these people are awesome. I cannot wait. And they said, "All right, well, um can you meet us up at this first location?" You're not going to be on that episode, but can you meet us up at this first location? We want to use some of your ghost uh, hunting equipment. Yep, you got it. Dropped it off. Everything was fantastic. And then Saturday came around. And we met up. And uh, they were like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's do this. And we drove up to Mentryville and just had an amazing, fun time hanging out on the drive up there. I got to say, this was the most professional crew and cast that I have ever been involved with. And as, if you've listened to this show enough, you'll know that just about any show in the 90s, I was on. Friends, Seinfeld, uh, the movie Seven, uh, The Craft, uh, Man on the Moon, uh, The Clumps, like you name it. 
If it, it 902.0, if it happened in the 90s, there's a good chance I was in it. And this crew and this cast were the most professional, hardworking cast and crew that I've ever had the pleasure of being involved with. And I also have to, I have to thank them because I never once felt exploited or abandoned during this project. Um, there was constant communication, constant feedback both ways. We know, what do you think we should do here, Kurt? Oh, I think we should do this. What do you think we should do here, Paul, the, the director? He's like, I think you should do this. Wonderful. Absolutely fantastic people. And like I said, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but I cannot wait for you guys to see this episode. So before we actually did the episode, they were talking about, hey, maybe you should watch Ghost Adventures, the episode on Mentryville. And I was like, I don't want to, but yeah, all right, I will. So I did. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I turned on the Ghost Adventures episode, watched it. Um, yeah, I'm just glad that the episode that we shot in Mentryville isn't like that episode. We are using science to prove the paranormal. We have skeptics on that show. When I say we, I mean they plus me. They have skeptics on the show. They have believers on the show. They have people in between on the show. They want to use science to prove the paranormal, which is, you know, on par with me, you know, perfectly. And um, I'm very proud of the work that they did that I was involved with it. I'm very, very thankful and very proud that I was involved with them on this show. Hold on a second. Come on up, Rum. Yep, I know. I love you too. Yes, you're my favorite girl. You're my favorite ghost girl. Okay. Um, I'm very, very happy that I was able to be a part of this. It was an incredible experience. Like, if that was it, if that was the only thing that ever happened, was I just had this experience and I never saw the footage, I'd be disappointed because the footage is going to be awesome. But that's how great it was and and how important it was for me to do it was fantastic it really really was i cannot wait for you guys to see this episode now it'll be a while before these episodes come out episode two and three you know it's uh it doesn't happen overnight so they're working on these episodes now they're, they're getting them ready for you guys and when they do come out i'll keep you guys abreast of everything I will tell you every step along the way that I'm allowed to tell you guys. And I want to do a watch party, both in person out here in Southern California and an online one for the episode. That's how psyched I am for this show, for this episode. I really, really can't wait to do a watch party with the Paramaniacs, with the patrons, with everybody. And I will be, I'll make it very easy, very clear. I'll, I'll give you guys all advance notice when we're going to do these watch parties, both in person and online. I cannot wait for you guys to see this thing that I was so, so lucky to be a part of. So to all of the cast and the incredibly hardworking crew of Ghost Girls, thank you for making a show that I want to watch. Thank you for making a show that is different than any other paranormal show out there on the market today, which as you guys know is very saturated. And thank you for doing it professionally and responsibly and not faking stuff. Fantastic, cannot wait. Um, what's next? Uh, I think that's all I can talk about. Let's see, can I talk about anything more? Um, 
We made it. To, I can tell you some some um, generic stuff. Uh, we went to Mentryville. We stayed there pretty much all night long. We got there before the sun went down, and we left just before the sun was about to go up. Really, um, I got home like an hour before the sun went up. That's how long of the night it was. We had completely complete access to every part of Mentryville, the schoolhouse, the oil derricks, the main house, the Green Acres fake house, the barn, you name it, we had access to it. And it was absolutely incredible to be there with just a handful of these hardworking people. And that's it. There is nobody else around there except for one park ranger who had to be there legally. There is nobody else around there. It is just us and complete access to everything. So also, while I'm giving out thanks, thank you to Renee and all the park rangers, Pedro, everybody that worked this shoot at Mentryville. Thank you, Mentryville. It was incredible. Like, again, the most professional, awesome people I've ever had the pleasure of working with. It was fantastic. I can't wait for you guys to watch it. Um, and I'll be talking more and more about it. I'm going to slowly piecemeal out some photos. So if you guys follow me on the Facebook fan page, yep, photos already went up. There's some more, though, that are coming. Uh, the Paranormal Almanac Instagram page, which is just Paranormal Almanac. Search for it. I'm going to start using that in October. What? Kurt, you haven't used that in years. That's right. October is, I can, I can announce that now too. October is my push into social media. You guys like TikTok? Well, I'm going to be on it. You don't like TikTok? I'm still going to be on it. You like Instagram? Oh, I'm going to be on it. Do you like YouTube? I'm going to be on it. This podcast will be on YouTube and Special content will be created just for YouTube. I'm going to create a completely new, separate Paranormal Almanac YouTube channel in October. And I've already got some planned videos. I'm ready to go. I can't. There's some places I want to go to. There's some videos I want to shoot. And now I can officially say 100% it's going to happen. How about stuff for the patrons? How about exclusive stuff for the patrons? Oh, yeah. Exclusive stuff for the patrons as well. I've got outlines, dozen outlines of locations I want to go to and film at. I have, uh, not scripts, like, I guess, again, outlines, I guess the best word for it. I also have outlines of where I want to go, what I want to say, where we're going, why we're going there. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff. So make sure I'll announce when it gets, you know, really launched. But the Paranormal Almanac Instagram is there. I just haven't really used it, but I'm going to start coming up in just a, what, a, like a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah, about a week, 10 days. Uh, I'm going to start the Paranormal Almanac Instagram. You can follow it now. If you go to, if you have an Instagram, awesome, do it. If you're afraid you're going to be missing out on stuff, well, you might be because there's going to be exclusive stuff just on YouTube. There's going to be exclusive stuff just on the Patreon. And this podcast is now going to be on YouTube. All righty, what else do I got to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about something that happened to me last night, as a matter of fact. So last night I went to the Ace Hotel in downtown L.A., a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous hotel and theater in downtown L.A. Uh, Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees was performing. 
I'm a huge Monkees fan, a huge Mickey Dolans fan, so I was very excited to go down there. Um, but I got down there early, and we were also let in early, some of us. And so we were, as I was walking around waiting for the, you know, the theater to open and us to be able to sit down, I started talking to the staff. And I said, hey, can you, can you guys tell me, is it true that this place is haunted? That's, I always broach it that way. Because if they go, I've never heard that, then I go, okay, it's probably not true. It, they never say that, ever say that on, on, uh, in a theater. Every theater is freaking haunted. And this one seems to be no exception. This guy went, oh, oh, yeah, this place is haunted. And I went, really? Well, like what? Tell me more. Tell me more. And uh, he goes, the hotel part of it? Every cleaning crew person has had a paranormal experience. Stuff being moved, doors being locked, doors being unlocked, doors opening. Like the 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 basics of the paranormal that I always talk about. The disembodied voices, the footsteps, the, you know, the, the moving of stuff. All of the basics are happening at the Ace Hotel, which makes me really want to stay at the Ace Hotel. I really want to stay down there. Um, and I also want to do an investigation of the theater because it's absolutely gorgeous. And I'm sure there's even, even more stuff. Um, so I thought that was cool. And, and it wasn't just one employee, like every employee I talked to that has worked there for a while and not just like, you know, oh, I'm just here tonight to work on, you know, security for the show, that kind of thing. Everybody that works at the Ace Hotel and the theater, we're all like, oh yeah, this place is haunted. So check another one off for that, that theory that every theater is haunted seems to be the case. And um, anyhow, so I get down there. Well, I'm sitting in the second row. It was an incredible show. This woman sits in front of me in the front row, and she has her grandson with her, who is eight years old, I believe. His name was Jeremiah. And Jeremiah sees all the patches on my jacket, my jean jacket, all the, all the cryptid patches. And he goes, are you in the Army? And I said, no, 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 why? And he goes, oh, why you got an Army jacket on? And I said, oh, no, these are all like, you know, like, monsters and fun stuff like you know the Loch Ness monster who's not a monster Jeremiah and Bigfoot and an alien and and he's like Bigfoot we have a Bigfoot in our backyard and I went oh okay that's cute all right tell me more and he was telling me that there's a creek a creek that's in the backyard of his house and by the way it's 800 acres they have 14 of it but it goes back 800 acres so it's a huge backyard in Elvington Georgia and uh, his, his grandma was piecing the, the story together to help me understand what was happening. And this wasn't just a kid's imagination. Um, and he saw a Bigfoot in the trees. And I went, really? And so I looked at her like, is this kid bullshitting me? And she's like, I've seen him. She's like, I've been here. I've lived in that house for 31 years. And I've seen him twice, but we don't go to the back acreage. That's what she called it. She's like, we don't go to the back acreage because they want to be left alone. The tree line, we don't cut that down. We don't mow that. They want to be left alone, and we know they're back there. She's like, my brother has seen them. We've left them out bread and apples and, you know, berries and nuts, and you name it, and they eat it. And I was like, really? Like, tell me about it. She's like, well, I know. I said, well, she didn't say I know. She said, well, the one I saw was obviously a young one. It was small six feet tall, by the way, a small brownish red, but more like red, um, Bigfoot that looked very thin, looked very like, you know, like a growing pains to Bigfoot kind of a thing. And, um, uh, she said the first one I saw was your typical ginormous grayish, uh, fur, fur covered Bigfoot that was huge. And I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Like, tell me more. She's like, yeah, we saw him right by they like the power lines that are in the back uh, 800 acres of the of the land. 
they like to be around the power lines for some reason, which that I hadn't heard. But I mean, I guess I kind of have heard they've they found them in Oregon. They found them around um, power lines and and, you know, like uh, uh, like tree remover, like the, the lumberjack uh, uh, camps and stuff, anything with like generators and stuff. So I guess I kind of have. And uh, I was like, whoa, that's incredible. And she's like, oh, yeah, my brother saw one real up close uh, in a car just off the road. And she's like, we hear them all the time. And I was like, what do they sound like? And she's like, well, have you ever watched a Bigfoot show? It's that. It's that guttural howl that they always do on there. And she said, remember, I've lived there for 31 years. I know everything that's back there. I know what the deer sound like, what the coyotes sound like. And then Jeremiah's like, oh, yeah, we hear coyotes all the time. This isn't a coyote. And, And my dog's go silent when the Bigfoot howl. Now, when the coyotes howl, the dogs peek up and it's like, and they start to like, I got to protect the house kind of a thing. But when the Bigfoot howl, they go silent. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. So she's like, yeah, it's it's a well-known thing. It's called the Alvington Monster. A-L-V-I-N-G-T-O-N Monster. So today I looked it up. I wanted to look up the Alvington Monster and it's, it's like local lore because if you go to, uh, you know, you Google and you Google in Alvington monster. There's something about, is it possibly a, a Loch Ness monster? And then if you type in Alvington monster, Bigfoot, there's a lot of stuff about the Georgia Bigfoots. So it knows that you're talking about Georgia Bigfoots, but not about Alvington specifically. And she said, she's like, you know, if you're brave enough to go back there, you're going to see them. And I asked uh, Jeremiah, because he did go along the creek quite a bit. I said, have you ever seen, you know, like the, the big footprints that you always see, the Bigfoot footprints? And he said, no, they don't leave any footprints at all. He's seen deer hoofs down there. He's seen horse hooves down there, like footprints, um, hoof prints. But he's never seen a Bigfoot footprint. And she said, no, I've never seen a footprint. I said, have you ever found any fur? And she's like, no, I mean, it could, maybe, but it was, you know, who, who knows what it could be back there. It could, it could be one of the big cats. And she said they actually had a big cat back there. Um, I forget how many years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, she was saying that they have a big cat back there as well. Besides like the normal, like the bobcats and stuff. She was saying that there was obviously a big cat back there, but they haven't seen that in a long, long time. So it looks, it's probably not, not around there anymore. But yeah, if you look up Alvington, Georgia, Bigfoot, um, you're not going to get a lot of stuff, unfortunately, because I was really hoping to do this entire episode about Alvington Monster, because that's just a great name. You guys know, anytime I can learn a new name for a Bigfoot, I want to talk about it. But no, I mean, they talk about a Georgia man reports seeing Bigfoot alongside a rural road from 2019. 51-year-old man said he saw a 7- to 8-foot creature standing along a mountain highway in Georgia on May 20th, 2019. Um, rare Bigfoot tracks spotted in northern Georgia. There's a thing from WSAV TV about where's the most Bigfoot sightings in Georgia. Um, the couple of YouTube videos, Georgia men defend Bigfoot body claims. Remember that in 2008 when they uh, they they said that they have a body? Well, they didn't, unfortunately. Um, but there's nothing really good if you type in Alvington, Georgia Bigfoot or Alvington monster. Nothing really comes up, which really bummed me out. I was really, again... I was really hoping to be able to say, <clears throat> here's something new I just learned about. Here's a full episode about it. But there wasn't. There was a couple people talking about northern Georgia Bigfoot sightings. Um, they had encounters. Uh, this one said, I did have an encounter around 4.30 a.m. when I was getting ready to drive down to Atlanta. 
I live near the Dawson Wildlife Preserve or whatever it's called nowadays, and I came out to my car and heard a knock maybe 50 yards behind it. Then I, when I turned my car on, I heard multiple loud knocks out towards the front of my car. So there's all these typical Bigfoot stories, but nothing like specific to Alvington. And then that woman, <clears throat> which I, I feel so terrible, I can't remember her name. Her, her, like I said, her grandson's name was Jeremiah. She was a wonderful person. If you're listening to this, you were so, what a great story. I love Jeremiah. I love talking to you. That was fantastic. Um, she did say that one of their horses got attacked by something. And it wasn't just like a little attack. It was a big attack. They went out to see one of the horses. They um, It was pregnant, so they went out to check. And her daughter's like, uh-oh, I think she's about to give birth because there's a lot of blood on her, um, which apparently is a thing. And uh, she's like, wait a minute, that's not, there was a huge scratch mark down the backside of the horse and then a chunk taken out of the ass of the horse. And she said, I could put my whole fist in this chunk, in this bloodied chunk. And she's like, bobcats couldn't have gone up there. That horse is, what'd she say, 16 hands high? Which, again, I am i don't know shit about horses, but 16 hands high, let's see what that is. 16 hands high in feet. Um... That's only five and a half feet tall, but still for a horse, that's a big ass horse, five and a half feet tall. Um, but she said that this thing had a slash around its side and then a chunk taken out of it. And they had to obviously, you know, get it taken care of and clean it out and disinfect the wound. Thankfully, the horse survived, gave gave birth to a, uh, I almost couldn't think of the name of pony, um, gave birth to a pony. Everything was fine, but they don't know what it was. And that was the only time the horse was attacked but they don't know what attacked it. Again, it was too big for it to be a bobcat bite. And she said she thinks it's even too big to be a big cat bite. That's how big and deep it was. And if you are uh, a regular listener to this show, that is a very common thing. Not a very common thing, but as a something that does happen a lot in Bigfoot attacks is they do take chunks out of horses. I mean, they go, they're a predator. They take down deer. They eat fish. I mean, they can eat berries and everything, and that's all well and good. But they'll eat meat if they, if they get a chance. And uh, again, I thought it was really interesting. I love hearing about new Bigfoot names. So add the Alvington monster, I heard it right from her, to that list of Bigfoot names. And what a fantastic, again, what an absolutely fantastic show Mickey Dolan's put on. I know that's not paranormal, but happened in a paranormal theater. So just, you know, let me have that. Um, so there you go. This was a spoiler-free episode about my experience on ghost girls head on over to Tubi if you're outside of America I believe it's also on Plex um check whatever your your local apps are to watch TVs and movies and look for a show called ghost girls again it's four girls um I I, I should tell you all of their names I suppose um but uh I mean I don't know if that would help help you find it maybe it will all right so Ashley Trout you got Sarah Nicklin, you got Sierra Renfro, and you got Carly Antoinette, I believe is her last name. Uh, yeah, Carly Antoinette. Um, that was off the top of my head, I swear to God. Um, they're all on a show called Ghost Girls. It is fantastic. Watch it. It came out in 2019. It is well worth your watch. And it'll give you an idea of where hopefully soon, knock on fake wood, you'll be seeing me. You'll be seeing me as a guest on this incredible show, and I can't wait for you to see it. Again, we'll have a watch party. We'll have some fun with this. We really will have some fun with it. Um, and if you like it, and the episode that I'm in, that is, if you like the episode I'm in, well, 
Shout it from the rooftops. Let everybody know that you want Kurt Savig on a paranormal show, whether it be Paranormal Almanac or some version of a show with these people, because it was fantastic. You know I'd love to do more, uh, and especially with this wonderful cast and crew. So uh, there you have it. Um, I hope you guys like this one. I know it wasn't your typical episode, uh, but it was an episode that I really wanted to get out there because I wanted to announce all that fun stuff that's coming up in October. October, I really want to make it spooky fun on all the social medias. And I also wanted to talk about this wonderful experience that I was so lucky to be part of. Thank you, Ashley, and thank you um, to everybody, to Paul, to Seth, to Jonah, to Sierra, to, I mean, uh, Ashley, uh, who else, forget Sarah, Carly, everybody. You all were fantastic. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sambig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Oh, it's not love and it was no out.